Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. All right, y'all. Yes, it is time for what we call, yes, uh, it's basically the Russ Podcast. Okay, and this is an opportunity for us to talk about stuff that doesn't matter. And, of course, I'm hanging out today uh, uh, with uh, my coworkers, Alfreda's and Tanisha Nicole Albert and Super Ken. And, and, of course, later on, we'll be talking to Becky Pringle, who's the head of the NEA. And then uh, Miguel Cardona is the uh, National uh, Education Secretary. And I thought it'd be appropriate to basically talk about um, kids going back to school mm. and how it's, it's like a beautiful thing. Because now you can take that nap during the day that you weren't be able, you weren't able to do all summer long. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Which is a very beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also, and the other thing we can point out, Amazon is great for for shopping for clothes. Because that's true. Yeah, when all the kids go to school and everybody got on the same thing, they're gonna be pissed. So it might be like uniforms. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it, it really works. But yeah. the things that you you don't miss. You know about school, kids going back to school is rushing. That's got to be the number one. Yeah, thing. I hate that. I mean, how many of y'all got to rush? You know, always telling you, "Come on, come on, come on!" It's, time it's to get the same the bus. time every morning. It's the same Rush time every morning. Get, up. get your why is your stuff out? Why can't you just put it on by? Why you have to come downstairs and put your clothes on? Just come on, I can do every single day. I don't even right. understand it. Uh, the other thing that um, you're, you're not going to miss is the fact that your kids are constantly not ready to eat breakfast. You know how you cook oh, breakfast? You get up, it's oh first day, you're making all the so eggs and the biscuits and everything, and they're not ready. And then they're running so late, they just grab a biscuit on the way out the door after you made this eight-course <laughs> meal. Exactly, exactly. I'm like, get a, get a paper plate and a fork. You gonna eat. That, that bothers me. But that's no, why you I, I do. Don't... That's why you do cereal, pop tarts, muffins. You let them get something, grab and go. Because nine times out of ten, they're not going to sit down and eat. And they have a sugar crash by eleven o'clock. Come get your child. He's sleeping <laughs> on his desk. <laughs> exactly. <Okay>. exactly. <laughs> I think the, the other big thing is is that kids have to have their cell phones. And so, have you ever driven your child to school? And we got to turn around. No, we're at your school. Why we have to turn around? I left my cell phone on the kitchen oh, counter. Oh, you got to miss that. Yeah, you got to miss that okay. homework. Are you all that to have no, cell phones sorry. anymore in schools? Oh, yeah, some yes. places, and, and, not course. all. Some and, and, places. And a lot of the classrooms actually incorporated the technology because mm-hmm. I had to go through training where you right. use the cell phones as a way to interact and do different activities. So oh, that's cool. one thing I hated about the first day of school. What? Um, my father had a family friend that used to cut our hair, and uh-huh. he had a little problem with narcolepsy. <laughs> you guys know what narcolepsy oh, is? Yes, right. True story. Come Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones will be cutting your hair. He could cut hair good when he was awake or didn't fall asleep on your head, <laughs> and he'd wake up and be trying to fix it. Oh and, my gosh! And then you go to class, and uh, Mr. Part, take your hat off. Mr. Park, take your hat off. No, I can't. Oh, my God. We always used to sing, me and my brother, we'd be walking on patches. I'm dependent on you, son. Because we had patches of hair. Please post gone. a picture a of you. Please. Oh great God. lineup. But, you know, always, you can't wear hats in school. That's the other thing. No. No, you can't. Uh, the other thing going back to school is 
expecting your child to be that just golden little angel that he portrays all summer long. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know what it is. Once kids get around their friends, different uh, around human their, Yes, they're got different. I already got a note. Tanisha, Tanisha is a school teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, parents are shocked when you tell them about their behavior, right? Does that happen? Yeah, I mean, in, in a positive way at times as well, because they're like, wait a minute, what do you mean? They expect you to sometimes have problems with them. And then there are the kids that they try to act like their child is the saint. And I'm like, yes. no, come on. You guys no, know the no, truth. No, ma'am. Damien is not a saint. <laughs> Damien. <laughs> but you know what, Russ? Are you that parent? It's different kids. Like, I know exactly what I'm going to hear about each kid. Like, oh, oh, Blake wouldn't shut his mouth. Okay. I get mm-hmm. it. Oh, Jared right. did. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't you know even what your fight kids are capable of doing. But yeah, you don't want to give with. the teachers that benefit of the doubt. And then, then you got those parents that think every, everything that's said to your child is racist. Oh, well, do you I mean, ask the white kids that? I mean, you sometimes you got to let them that. know. But you got to let them know that way they don't do it. You got to let them know at the beginning of school. So what will y'all be doing? for? I need to know what y'all going to do for Black History Month now. So that way you let them know they're prepared to know I got one of them in my class. Russ, let me go back to that comment you were saying about the kids. Let me be Mm -hmm. clear to the parents out there. Teachers talk. So when your child is going up a grade, they're like, oh, you're going to need to watch out for X, Y, and Z. Make sure these two don't sit together because they already kind of have that conversation to avoid that. I'm yeah. And y'all talk about the parents too. Oh, oh, oh yeah. girl, we know you which know? is the crazy parents. That's right. Yeah, the crazy, parents. the crazy parents. They send the auntie with the parent because the auntie knows how to cuss better. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. You don't get cussed out. That's oh how it works. God. All right. Well, coming up, we're going to be talking to uh, Becky Pringle. Uh, she is the national education um, president. Associating president, and of course, she's going to talk about the teacher shortage and the whole nine. That's going to be interesting. Also. Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, about all y'all who want to um, get some money. Yeah, and get those loans, those loans, um, student loans forgiven. Yes, we're going to talk about all that. That's coming up next. Let's take a quick break. Well, on the phone line right now, her name is Becky Pringle. Uh, She's president of the National Education Association, NEA, the country's largest professional union representing three million educators. It's always great to have you on, Becky. How are you doing this morning? I am doing really, really well, Rush. It's so good to be with you again. Absolutely. Well, you know, I've been looking at all the data, and and of course you know this, there's a teacher shortage out there. Uh, You're talking about an estimated 300,000 educators are needed to fill positions. I think the big question is, what is going on? Why are we losing, you know, the heartbeat of education in this country? And that's, that, that are, are our teachers. First of all, thank you for having me on again. You know, this is that time of year where everyone is excited. You know, I taught middle school science for over 30 years, and mm-hmm. every single year, this time of year, the start of the school year, was exciting for me. I raised two children who I also taught. They were excited. New clothes, new shoes, new notebooks. Um, a lot of excitement around the country to be back together with our students, with uh, our colleagues. Uh, and that happens every year. Mm-hmm. We cannot, however, ignore the reality that we are going back to school again with an educator shortage. And by the way, Russ, it's not just our teachers. We saw that throughout the pandemic, right? Our bus mm-hmm. drivers, our food service workers. Um, and, and there's no question that it is, it is a crisis in our schools because we know if we don't have enough teachers in front of our students, our students are the ones who are shortchanged. Yeah. 
Interesting. You know, um, I think one of the big things is that, you know, all the kids are going back to school. Everybody's excited. How do you compensate for not having enough teachers? Who's going in and actually teaching these kids? Because and I'm not not sure if it's attention, uh, assistant teachers and things like that. What are you guys doing to address that situation? We are talking about the fact that this is not a new crisis. Russ, we've been sounding this alarm for almost two decades, Mm -hmm. mainly because we saw fewer and fewer college students going into the profession of teaching. And then we saw so many teachers leaving in that year one through year five. And so we've been talking about this chronic educator shortage for a long time. One of the things that we are pushing folks to do is to look at this as a long-term complex solution that's needed. But I will tell you, Russ, and I know you've heard me say this before, Mm -hmm. at the top of the list for educators is respect. And I mean Mm -hmm. that in every way. Respect is professional to make decisions about what our students uh, need to know and be able to do. Respect in terms of compensating educators so, so that it demonstrates, right, the importance of their work. And respect to make sure that they have the resources and mm-hmm. the support to do the jobs they love. Yeah, because, you know, we just don't value what teachers and educators bring to the table. I mean, they are just molding the minds of generations that will help the country, to help everybody get to the next level. And I think one of the big things is because, you know, there's tremendous, I know some teachers, they're burned out. They're just burned out because they don't feel like they get any support. And especially, you know, when they're dealing with some kids that, you know, classroom overcrowding and the whole nine and and the parents call you and ask you, well, what did you say to my child in order for my child to get upset? I mean, it's like, and I don't like to use the term, you know, glorified babysitter. Uh, That's not what it is in most cases, but in some cases it is. It only takes one or two kids to disrupt a whole class. And I, you know, I have a friend right now, they're trying to get out. Because it's like I'm just burned out. I just can't take it anymore. There's no question that we have many educators who are overwhelmed, uh, particularly our educators that are, are teaching in schools where we where there has been chronic underfunding of those schools. Yeah. Where they had to stand in every single gap. Russ, you know that. Yeah. You know forever we've taken money out of pockets, right? Yeah. Uh, to make sure our students have what they but. During the pandemic, you saw it. Everyone saw it. Yeah. Where teachers were driving around and providing meals, not just for their students, but for entire families. Taking out, taking money out of their own pockets to provide um, technology, tools so that they can continue to learn. And when you continue to ask educators to do that, when we know that it's a shared responsibility for all of our students to be successful, we can't fill in all of those social gaps to make sure our students are fed. They have glasses when they need to be able to see. Mm. They um, aren't living in food deserts. They have housing. We have more students who are, are, are homeless. Yeah. We can't fill all of those gaps. Yeah. And so that is overwhelming. Also a shortage of, of subs. So we have educators who are not having their, their time to plan for their students. They're not taking time for lunch. They're not taking time for themselves. And we know that the well-being of our of our educators is directly connected to the well-being of our students. So we have to, we must put in place the resources to not only uh, make sure we have enough teachers, but we have enough uh, counselors and nurses. Yes. Those professionals to meet the individual needs of students. 
all of those things are what we are fighting for at the NEA mm-hmm. and demanding that our, our elected officials provide for our schools and for educators and for students most especially. Well, I'm glad you're the president of the NEA because uh, I hear your passion, Becky, and it's always a pleasure to have you on. And you can use this program anytime you want. You need to disseminate some information. I'm here for it. Becky Pringle. Say that again, Russ. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're going to hold me to it. <laughs> no, n- no doubt. You know, even your predecessor knows. You know, my my phone is wide open for anything that deals with you guys. My mom yes. was a teacher. My father was a teacher. You know, we have teachers on the show. So uh, I, I really appreciate what you do. We need to start every teacher out at $150,000 a year. That's what we need to start with. Uh, Becky Pringle, thank uh, you so yes, much. Please. Say that again, Russ. Uh, see? You can't <laughs> hear today, can you? Again. Say that every day, all day. I'll do it. All right, you take care of yourself. Bye-bye now. Thank you. You too, Russ. Uh-huh. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And, of course, uh, coming up in just one minute, we're going to be talking to the uh, Secretary of Education. His name is Miguel Cardona. And, of course, uh, there is debt relief for people that have student loans. You want to know how to get the money? I'm going to tell you how in just one second, so stay right here. Well, on the line right now, the U.S. Secretary of Education, uh, Miguel Cardona. Uh, Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good morning. All right. First of all, this is actually really great news. The uh, Biden-Harris administration um, uh, providing some relief for people that um, basically have student loans and and Pell Grants. And um, uh, I I think it's it's a good look. But there are so many people that, you know, there are a lot of people that have questions as to who qualifies and when does this go into place? And, you know, just a little, little simple questions like that. Um, so let's start right there. Um, how much money basically are you guys, debt are you guys relieving on, on the American people? Yeah, so, you know, this is a huge announcement yesterday that does a couple things. Debt relief and then fixes systems so that it's easier to make payments in the future, right? right. For, for the debt relief, $10,000 across the board if you make under $125,000, right? $10,000 in debt relief. But the president took it a step further. And he said, look, if you qualify for Pell, and we know a lot of our students who are first-generation college students, a lot of our black and brown students uh, qualify for Pell, mm-hmm. you're eligible for $20,000 wow. in student loan relief. So that's significant. You know, there's 43 million Americans that are going to benefit from this, mm-hmm. 20 million are going to get their total debt canceled. That's wow. significant. Absolutely. Now, when does this go into effect? So we're, we're working on it right now. Uh, we recognize many people have questions and they don't know, like, what does this mean? What is the next step? So let me make it really clear, right? Studentaid.gov is the website. Studentaid.gov slash debt relief. And then you, what you do there is you sign up to get an email and then what we're going to do is we're going to give information to the folks on how do they can how they can apply for it. And we're going to make the process simple. You know, the last thing people need right now is more bureaucratic processes that are going to take long. We're going to make it simple. Mm-hmm. We're going to make it easy to understand. And we're going to make it so that people can just get their loan relief. Um, you know, the pandemic made things worse. Let me tell you, the system wasn't great before. Yeah, right. We, it's broken. We're fixing it. We're working on it. But we have to make this process simple, especially because the pandemic made it worse. For so many black and brown borrowers, yep. students, and um, this president's serious about addressing inequities that are rampant in our country. I, I got I got to ask you because there's been some uh, criticism of folks that have already paid off their their debts, 
uh, their uh, student loans and things like that. And they think it's unfair that they weren't affording an opportunity to receive some relief. What is your response? What is the administration's response to that? Look, are we upset that small businesses got help when nobody was visiting their small business in the last two years because of the pandemic? No, we're happy that they're still open, right? Mm -hmm. This is about helping people that were impacted by the pandemic. We know middle-class folks and and folks that are struggling financially um, that can't afford things. They they got hit get relief to help Americans get back on their feet. That helps everybody. That helps the economy. So those people that are upset because they didn't get it, um, because they paid off their loans, you know, if if people go into default, let's say we didn't do this and and more and more people go into default, which is what we were expecting, Mm -hmm. that would hurt the local economy. That would affect them negatively. So we should be happy when somebody else can get back on their feet so they can move on in life and and continue to succeed. And of course, you know, you've got uh, Mitch McConnell and other, um, uh, Republicans calling it socialism and so on and so forth. And, you know, socialism to me is like when you run up the debt, $2.1 trillion. You know what I mean? Uh, Exactly. No one cried when we were giving tax breaks to these rich corporations. No one said anything. So I I really wish that the the Biden-Harris administration would bang that home because it's ridiculous to me that you would get upset over helping out the common everyday Joe citizen of these, of these United States. So I'm, I'm very happy and excited for, uh, for this, this policy that uh, the president has followed through on. Uh, it was a campaign promise and he's delivering. So I, you know, hats off to you guys in administration, but the messaging is important here to me because they're going to try to politically politicize this at the same time we are benefiting. And I, I would just yeah. say congratulations to you guys, and, and, and especially you. to you, um, um, uh, Mr. Secretary. I, I, I think uh, you guys are doing an extraordinary job in, in this area. I appreciate that. And if I could comment on Ms. McConnell, look, if I were him, I would be mad, too. This president is delivering American Rescue Plan, yep. Bipartisan Infrastructure Plan, Safer Communities Act, the PACT Act for our veterans, Interest, uh, Inflation Reduction Act, mm-hmm. a loan debt forgiveness. Come on. I, I can see why he's feeling a little bit uh, concerned right now because <laughs> yep. this president is about substance, not sensationalism. He's getting the job done. U.S. Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, thank you so much, sir. I really appreciate it. All right. You take care. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. All right. There it is, the Russ Podcast. I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in. Make sure you guys like um, leave some notes as to whether you like these shows or not. If not, it's okay. Uh, the Russ Podcast, you can hear wherever podcasts are heard. We'll talk to you all next week.